0: Hello, welcome back to the Adorned Podcast. This is episode 102, and today we get
1: to dive into James. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible.
0: All right, so we want to start each episode with something kind of fun so you can hear a little bit about our normal lives. And I mean, obviously our focus is always going to be scripture, but we always think it's fun when we listen to podcasts to just hear a little bit about normal things. So we're going to call it glimpse of grace. We're going to kind of ask each other questions about where we saw a glimpse of God's grace throughout the week. So Casey, where was a glimpse of God's grace in your life?
1: I love this question. You asked this in our small group this summer. And after that, like every week, it's something that I tried to focus on or even honestly every day because Mm -hmm. we see God's grace to us every single day. And so I love this question. Um, One of the biggest ways that I've seen God's grace over the past a week or two weeks was our trip to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to, we didn't have to, we chose to quarantine for the two weeks leading up just because we were visiting my grandparents Mm -hmm. and we didn't want to risk taking COVID to them. And so we quarantined. and um, honestly, like I was just so afraid that something was going to go wrong. Our last trip was a little bit traumatic Mm -hmm. and um, I was afraid we were going to be exposed to COVID or, or just something the car was going to break down or just, um, and some, who knows like random stuff But mm-hmm. it ended up God just protected us and gave us the sweetest week with them Mm -hmm. and in one of the most gorgeous places, of course. And my grandparents are doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. And that is such a grace in and of itself. And the kids stayed healthy and the kids had a great time and minimal arguing. And my dad got to go with us and just so much grace on that trip. Mm -hmm. Um, So much that was undeserved, but but yet God chose to give it to us. Mm -hmm. And so it was such a sweet time. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, I feel like I, I need to
0: practice this more, I guess. I don't, I guess I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I, I it is a practice, but it is a practice. Um, I think there's just been a lot of with the girls going back to school. So my girls got to start school in person here in Texas. I go to a small private school and they've been phenomenal in the way they've just been so wonderful. I'm such a fan of their school. But, um, I think just like seeing when I pick them up from school, we've started doing this game of highs and lows, mm, um, which yeah. I just asked them, you know, what were some highs from your day and what was your lows? And I used to play this game with them, but never asked for lows. Cause I'm like, we don't want to focus on the negative, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, okay, let's be honest. There's something, you know, so they will always like, well, I didn't have a low. And I'm like, okay, well, what was the least of the best things that you got to do? You know? Yeah. So, um, because if you know me at all, you know, like I'm unicorns and rainbows. I don't want to go there to the hard or the ugly. And so my tendency is to just avoid or shove it away. And so I'm trying to like help my kids not be that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's just been really neat to see their little hearts. Cause oh, I miss yeah. them so much when they're at school and I yeah. like, I don't know what they're doing or, you know, and so it's good to just like, those have been little glimpses of God's grace of just hearing, Hey, here's, you know, here's my high and here's my low. And it's been it's sometimes they ask me to,
1: and then oh, I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, oh, I love so that, love that. That's been fun." So when we are studying a new book of the Bible, what do we always do? Context, 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 context is key. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because when I think about it, like I just started doing this over the past few years. Oh, like, that's a good point. I, I mean, I don't know. Not that. When you're a teenager, you're not necessarily doing super deep study. I mean, you can if you're a teenager listening to this, like you totally should. Yes. But I wasn't doing like super deep studies as a teenager or anything necessarily. But even in my, you know, adulthood, like I didn't really start paying attention to context until the last probably five years. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm it's sure. completely changed the way I read the Bible and study the Bible and all the things. So anyway, super, super important. So the book of James, who's the author of the book of James?
0: Um, Well, according to the Bible Project, it actually is Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) That one threw me for a loop, but it is James. It is James, but James, the brother of Jesus, not James, son of Zebedee or the other James that you might think of. Um, It is James, the brother of Jesus. But Bible Project was just saying that they translated his name should have been Jacob. So, oh technicalities, technicalities. But yes, brother, brother of <laughs> Jesus and um what else is important about that?
1: So, he was considered one of the pillars of the church along with Peter and John. A lot of times you hear Peter, James and John, and this is that James. Um he Isn't was there a song about that? Peter, James and John in a sailboat <laughs> You don't know that? Where did I come do that? Probably okay. some kids, kids chorus. Yeah,
0: true. Something.
1: True. Um <laughs> And I, every time I read about this or hear about this, I just laugh because he was super, super skeptical of Jesus's ministry until he witnessed the resurrection. And Mm -hmm. I just have to think, well, of course he was like, if you are a brother or a sister, or if you have kids, like you know that like your kid would not think the other kid was deity, probably. (laughs) Like you just don't think that about your siblings. And so to be skeptical of that, like I think like if Cadence were to walk in and be like, hey Lydia, like did you know that I'm a queen? Like Lydia would be like, um (laughs) yeah, sure, whatever. You know? And so James was skeptical of Jesus. But then when he saw him resurrect from the dead, he was a believer. He's like, okay. (laughs) fine, you were right. I believe you now. (laughs) Yeah, I think
0: it's interesting, right? Because when we hear that he's the brother of Jesus, we might fall to one or two sides. We might think, wow, there's a lot of credibility here then because he's knew Jesus his entire life. Mm -hmm. And he saw sides of Jesus that maybe other people didn't see. And so we might think this is more credible, or you might go the other direction and think, well, it's his brother. So maybe he's going to leave certain things out or highlight Mm -hmm. certain things. So maybe it's less credible, but even in that thinking, you know, we have to remember that it's not the human author that provides Mm -hmm. any credibility at all. It's, you know, God working through that human author that that is the credibility in that source and so I thought that was really interesting I heard that on a podcast and I was like oh wow I think I would have thought both of those things either it's more credible or less credible but then I'm like wait a second
1: no, of course mm-hmm. it's credible because it's
0: scripture and it's all God-breathed.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good reminder because I think as we do pay more attention to context, that we can kind of fall into that, like thinking a little bit too much about the author. Ah, like yeah. I think it's important, but remembering that it is God-breathed and it is inspired by God, like it's not about that human author. It's ultimately about God. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really good. Good reminder.
0: So, fun fact I heard this and I thought this was quite funny that um, some people would say that he had knees like a camel, which in my mind, I thought camel knees bend backwards. Yeah. I don't, but that's yeah. not what they're talking about at all. They're just talking about how camel's knees are like real leathery. Yeah. And so people would say his knees were like a camel because he spent so much time on his knees in prayer. Which so. is just
1: incredible. Like I would love for someone to say that about me. Like, why are your knees so rough? Because yeah. I'm down praying right. that much. Right. Like what a cool thing to have said about you. Yeah. Um. Anything else we need to know about James? I mean, we'll talk about this more when we get into like genre and themes.
0: Oh, really? Read? That's what you want to say? <laughs> um, but I think it's good to remember, like, when we're thinking about the author, you know, God uses particular real people who have real personalities and real um, just, you know, things that they're passionate about and stuff like that. And so um, when talking about James as the author, one thing I heard was that he was rigorous in his devotion to God, and that he was concerned with the practical question of how to live a life for christ Mm -hmm. and so i think just knowing like that that was his personality like that was his desire anyway like helps us to understand okay that's why he talks about that so much
1: it's good you know it's interesting to me because james was martyred he he died um defending you know his faith and defending the name of Jesus and so I think it's really kind of cool to look at how it took him so long to believe and he was so skeptical Mm. for so long but then when he did believe he was all in and he fought till the very end for Jesus Mm. um, not just as his brother but as his king and so I think Mm. that's just a really beautiful um, picture of being a a follower of Jesus yeah I mean it brings
0: even back to even when we talked about the Sermon on the Out, right? Where it's like you're all in or you're not.
1: Right. And James is a good
0: example of that. Yeah, he is. So when was this written?
1: Um, they say between AD 44 and his death in AD 62 because there's no mention made of the controversy leading to the Council of Jerusalem so it's there's a possibility that it was written before AD 49 and if that's the case it would make it the earliest book in the New Testament mm. which is super cool to mm-hmm. me and um, talking about putting things in context I like looking at like the whole story of scripture right mm-hmm. so looking at other books and everything so this would have been not too long after the stoning of Stephen, um, when the churches scattered. Which we find in Acts which we see in Acts. Mm -hmm. Um so that's linking the two books together. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I found um speaking of like timeline, I um one of the things I was reading said that it was most likely right after Peter um went to plant more churches. Mm -hmm. And so then James was um even more like in head in head ahead a leader a leader the head yeah. of um, that church. Yeah. And
1: so, um, you know, kind of just gives a little timeline. Context, yeah. yeah. Yep. So the audience, it says it's the 12 tribes in the dispersion. So that's kind of what we were talking about when the church is like dispersed mm-hmm. all throughout Asia Minor. Um, and it was probably intended to be passed around between congregations. Mm-hmm. Therefore, James is addressing issues that would become common among them all. And I was listening to a Matt Chandler sermon on this and he was talking about how like the issues that they were facing then are pretty much the exact same issues we're facing mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. so it's easy to think that, okay, Oh, they didn't have this going on or they didn't have that going on. Like, no, like you can think about the issues you have in your church. Mm-hmm. Those are the exact same issues yeah. that James is addressing in yeah. these letters.
0: And like, since it says, um, 12 tribes in the dispersion, we'll talk about this more when we get in there. But as far as audience goes, like these are not people. Um, one of the things I was listening to, it was like, these people were think of like exile. They were like in exile. Yes, they were yeah. like Casey saying, dealing with things, um, similar to that, what you might be dealing with now, but, sometimes they think it's easiest for us to think, okay, this was written to a church where everybody was, you know, happy and healthy and holy. Um, but he was making the point, the sermon I was listening to, he was making the point that these, these people were often on the run or Mm -hmm. in persecution or, um, unstable in their living situations, oppressed, Mm -hmm, um, all these different things. So I think just knowing that audience intended audience helps it, um, Helps us to understand some of the like quick phrases he says, yeah, and realizing, like Casey said, it's not just talking to that particular one church, mm-hmm. but it applies to us as well today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's helpful. How mm-hmm. about genre?
1: Genre. It is an epistle. Which is uh, we've talked about before on the podcast, but like a letter, Um, and it's a sermon to be read. It's got wisdom literature. It's diatribe, which I didn't even look up what a diatribe was. Do you know what a diatribe is? No, we are not literature people. No idea what you can look up what a diatribe is, Um, and it's a moral exhortation. Mm -hmm. Um, It most closely resembles Jewish diaspora letters, such as the letters of uh, Gam. Gamaliel Gamaliel. Mm -hmm. to the Jews living outside of Israel yeah I think
0: Sproul he he said it was so funny he said these are like short pilthy phrases I was like what's pilthy Pilthy? (laughs) Pilthy? Pilthy? I don't know (laughs) I was kind of yeah but what basically what he was saying was that he it's it's this is not um for sure but what Sproul was commentating on is he was saying, these are probably things he heard Jesus say. He never says like, Jesus said, tame the tongue or Mm -hmm. whatever. But these are most likely things that he picked up from Jesus, um, throughout his life. And then he's, you know, kind of being you know like Paul saying like imitate me Mm -hmm. as I imitate Christ or you know he's saying here's some things that Jesus said were important without like directly quoting Jesus
1: and you can see that like you already brought up the Sermon on the Mount but as we're reading James like Mm -hmm. you can pick those things out you're like oh I think Jesus said that oh like you know so that's really really cool um so some central themes are that truth faith true faith as bearing the fruit of love and service to others Mm -hmm. um Perseverance in the mis- midst of trials sounds like something that might um, be applicable to today. Right, right. <laughs> Future judgment. Um, those are a few of the themes.
0: Yeah. One of the things when thinking about like central themes um, that I found really helpful was from my main man, Sinclair. Um, if you guys don't know, my favorite person to listen to is... That's a big statement because I have a few favorites, but my favorite person to listen to because of his accent and because his theology is just so good is Sinclair Ferguson. And I told Taylor, if he ever comes to America to teach, I don't care where in America it is, he better fly me there so that I can <laughs> go listen to him in real life. But anyways, um, he he described, if you were to summarize James, he said... Um, James' point is to show us that there should be a clear marriage between the gospel we confess and the lives we live because at the end of the day that's what will make an impact for Christ so if we're thinking like okay we're going to study James we're going to spend the next 12 weeks diving into this small book you know what is kind of our main driving force here and I think that's it is Mm -hmm. the point that James is trying to show us is that there's got to be this connection between the choices we make every day you know we're where we go who we have conversations with what we talk about in those conversations has to emulate what is most valuable to us, which has to be the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so James is giving us some clear practical application of what it means for the gospel to affect your conversations, what it means for the gospel to, um, have an impact on how you interact with people who are in different situations than you to not show partiality to you know have self-control to so I think that's kind of a good lens for us to view the book through is this marriage between understanding the gospel and living a life that shows
1: that you value what you know making an impact for Christ yeah that's good and I think it's going to be a challenging book to walk through because those are easy things to say, but that's, um, some tough stuff to live out. So it's super timely, super timely.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I loved this from, so Anytime we study a new book of the Bible, I love to watch the Bible Project's little videos that summarize the book of the Bible. So they were talking about, if you were to summarize James, what they said is that his goal is not to teach you new theological truths, but to get in your business and <laughs> challenge how you live. And I'm like, buckle up, friends. Yep, like, that's yep, exactly what's going to happen. As we've been studying to prepare for this, I'm like, oh, so much conviction and so much like, okay, you're all up in my business, James. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I'm really excited to see like how God is going to use this short book full of filthy phrases, (laughs) um, to really challenge us and see, are we really living out the gospel we
1: confess? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Awesome. Anything else about themes or anything before um, we dive into verse
0: one? I'll give us one more random fact because you guys know I love random facts. But he repeats the word perfect seven times, which if you know numbers in scripture, seven is ah, kind of a sign of perfection or yeah. completion. And so this this particular translation of Perfect or perfection is really to talk about wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so when James is saying, hey, does the the gospel you believe affect the way you live? It's talking about this whole idea, like the um, holistic. Like our whole life should be about the gospel. It shouldn't be something we just talk about or learn about. It should be the way that we live. And so when he talks about things being perfect, what he's talking about is like the complete effect Mm -hmm. of the gospel. The whole um, gospel's impact on your whole life. Life, you know, hands, heart, head, all of it.
1: And I think that's good. I think that's something that we can relate to in our culture right now because so many people are talking about like holistic health. Mm -hmm. And so that means like your mind, body, spirit, all the things. So you have like what you eat and the makeup you wear and your exercise and all the things um, going into one. So like you were saying, it's not just this one piece of your life. It's, it's the whole of it. So I think that's good. That's a good way to look at it.
0: Awesome. Anything else before we jump
1: right in? I think that's it. So let's go ahead and jump into verse one, chapter one, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings.
0: I think it's really interesting how we could just kind of like read over that. Like, yeah. we, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, it's just the introduction. We, are, we already talked about the context. We already know that James wrote it. We already know who the audience is. So I don't really need to listen to what that part says, but there's actually a lot mm-hmm. jam packed into this first verse. And I think the, one of the first things that we can talk about is that when James introduces himself, we would think he would say, Hey, I'm James brother of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, but, I would, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you would think that's how he would identify. And I just love that he doesn't say that because he says, James, a servant different translations say different things, but some translations say a bond servant, which would, you know, accurately be translated more of like a slave. slave, Like my whole life is under the headship of Christ. And, and I, you know, we were saying like, I think I would introduce myself as a sister, you know, of Mm -hmm. Jesus or whatever. But what he's, what it shows us is that his identity is so wrapped up in the fact that he is living his life surrendered to Christ, that he doesn't see himself as a, earthly brother to Jesus anymore. What he sees himself as is a servant to live his life for the name of Jesus and to make the name of Jesus known. And I think that's just showing us that the spiritual is more important than the earthly.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it shows so much humility on Mm -hmm. his part. And I think it kind of sets the tone up because when you read the book of James, you might not see a bunch of humility. Like, like Aaron said, Mm -hmm. like, he kind of gets in your business and so it's easy to be like stop like who are you to say these things but it really truly is coming from like a place of humility and Mm -hmm. a humble heart I think that's so applicable to today like where does your identity lie because like with the election coming up and just all Mm -hmm. of the the COVID stuff are you a masker or a not masker Mm -hmm. are you Republican or Democrat are Mm -hmm. you liberal or conservative like we're putting all of our identity in Mm -hmm. all these other things Mm -hmm. um and it's easy to forget where our true identity lies. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where we need to keep our focus.
0: Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I think like even more specifically, you might think like, okay, well, I'm not going to label myself or something like that, but I think it's even more um, infiltrated. That's probably not the right word, but in our everyday thing, like when I wake up, am I going to Make this breakfast because I think it'll make me a better mom, Mm -hmm. and I want to be a better mom. You know what I'm saying? So I think it even uh, like I think it even goes more granular than Mm -hmm. that. Like it affects why we do the things we do. Mm -hmm. And so, like you're saying, in this, like James is saying that I'm doing all of this. I'm telling you all of this not because I'm the brother of Jesus, and I think I have some one up on you because of that. But Mm -hmm. I'm writing this to you because we're on the same mission. You know, like Paul says, like we're partners in the gospel and that, you know, in order for us to really have an impact for Christ, we need to have our identity first in that we are one as we serve one Lord and Mm -hmm. we are one, um, believer you know we are one one church one One body and that um that's that's what's going to unite us and that's what's going to bring a lot of glory to the lord is that we can unite over the fact that not that i'm a brother and you're not Mm -hmm. but that we are both servants of the lord yeah yeah but what else do we see in this verse um we see we see like we talked about in the beginning that uh the 12 disciple just 12 disciples Oy, tribes. 12 tribes of the dispersion, which we talked about. But I think, you know, just keeping that in mind. So we're saying, hey, his identity is saying that, hey, I am in a servant. I am a servant instead of saying, hey, I am a brother. or Hey, I am whatever. And he's saying that he's writing this to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, which Um, would have been something that would have meant more to them than it means to us in understanding, but it's reminding them of their identity as well. Uh Like
1: you are part, we're a part of the same team. We're doing this. We're on the same mission. Um, what else? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's good. I think, um, you know, when you hear 12 tribes, you think back to the old Testament, the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, but now he's referring to these 12 tribes as like Aaron said, like the body, like the church It's Jews and Gentiles. It's everybody like grafted together the whole church body all of God's all of God's people
0: all right so each week um as we typically do when we go through a book of the bible we're going to have a work a work man whoo uh, a Bible verse that we're going to work on memorizing. Um, so for next week, so over this next week, you can work on memorizing James one verse two, which is count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds and come back
1: next week to understand what that means. Yep. Next week, we will be covering chapter one verses two through 12. So be sure to, um, read up on that and come back next week. this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented katie Cobbs.